What's up, guys? Welcome to Real Men Talk. Last couple weeks, we've been talking about apologetics. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about what makes up our worldview, the things that we go through, things that happen to us um, that makes us think the way that we do. Uh, today, we've got special guest, Kyla Sal. Let's get with it on Real Men Talk. Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts. All right, guys, here we are. Welcome to welcome back to Real Men Talk. Today we got Kyler. What's up, Kyler? Hey, guys, welcome. So uh, we've been talking about apologetics. You know, why do we believe what we believe? Why do we, um, you know, why is it important for us to... Um, why is it important for us to believe what to know what we believe um, for our children, for our families, for our communities, for our churches? And a lot of that has to do with our worldview. And so today, uh, Kyler and I want to discuss what makes up our worldview. When I was looking up and researching worldviews, I didn't know and see because, I mean, you know, you want to be. You're going to talk about a topic. You want to know a lot about it. So I went and I researched and I did not realize how far and how many worldviews we have created and all the different aspects and the backgrounds behind all the different ones. So, I mean, and they dated back all the way to like 1724 for like the first one. So um, my thoughts were, wow, how far have we came from Christianity to make all these different worldviews and what we've done? So. Um, those are just the original thoughts as well. Wow. What, what, right. are, what are we doing for Christianity for people to want to make all these different worldviews? Right. Yeah. You know, so there, there are so many things that happen to us, as, you know, throughout our life, you, you know, um, you know, you run into people, different people who just their entire outlook on life is completely different than the next person you run into. Um, you know, you run to some people who are like super um, excited about everything. Then you run into people who are not excited about anything, everything, you know, they, they constantly, you know, they, they've got a negative thought about this. They got a negative thought about that. You know, everything's negative, you know, so it, they're the events that happen in their life, the way that they were raised, the things that happened to them, um, the the environment around them, the community that that they were raised, all that stuff, um, you you know, helps build them the way that they are, you know. And I think that as men, as leaders, it is important for us to understand why we believe the way that we believe. Not only you know when we talk about apologetics, but also you know what makes up our worldview. Why do I believe this way? What has happened to me? Um, because if we know what we believe, if we know why we believe it, when things begin to infiltrate, uh, when things begin to, um, come against us, we can be like, Hey, uh, all right. So this, this does not match up. You know, um, I, I heard a statement one time. If you, if you don't believe in anything, you can't stand for anything. And, uh, and there's a lot of truth to that. And I, I probably butchered that, but, um, you, you know, we, we have to know, we have to know what we believe and why we believe it. 
Exactly. But as men, we have to be following up on that. You have to be securing yourself, securing your beliefs. Um, you are the firm foundation. And that starts with this is what I believe and how I believe it. And if you can't answer those questions as the the why I believe something and the what has made me come here, then we can't be that firm foundation. That's right. That's right. You know, and if we can't be and if we cannot do that, we, how are we supposed to lead our kids? How are we supposed to lead our families? How are we supposed to lead our wives? How are we supposed to, you know, lead, a, you know, in a leadership position of, of inside of our church? You know, as men, you, you know, which I, I know I've said this a lot, but it bears saying again, as men, whether you want it or not, you are a leader. You don't have to hold a title. You have influence. God has created you that way. It's in your DNA. You are a leader of some sort. And if you cannot give a, a a true definition of who you are and what you believe, how how do you, you expect to lead anybody else in a direction that, that they need to go? Exactly. And it's almost like, I mean, we're kind of up on an election year here, not to get into politics. But as we look at them and we see they say one thing, they do another. You can't follow a leader who's not firm in what they actually believe in. I mean, we want to vote for somebody who knows what they're doing, knows exactly how they believe, know exactly what they stand for. And that's the same thing when we reversed in the male role. You know, your kids, your wife, your um, everybody who follows you needs that um, stability. They need to know exactly what you believe, how you believe. That way they can actually follow you. They can't follow somebody who they're not really going to know if we're over here or over there the next minute. That's right. That's right. You know, and so when we talk about Christianity, um, you know, we have to understand that first off, the Bible is absolute truth, and we have to to grasp a hold of what is absolute truth, um, especially in a world, you, you know, and we'll discuss it more when we start to get into the different worldviews. But in a world where, you know, there is no absolute truth, there is no, uh, n- you know, no guideline for for believing any certain way there's no morality there's no nothing you know what's true for you is true for you what's true for me is true for me and that's not true and so as christians as leaders we need to understand that the bible is unfallible that it is true that it is it is something that we can hold on to we can something that we can guide ourselves and our families with second peter Chapter one, verses 20 and 21 says this. It says, above all, you know this, no prophecy of scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Scripture or Holy Spirit. And that's the the same is true in the scripture. There is no scripture that is uh, that was created by men. They may have penned it down, but it is it is the breathed word of God. And we need to 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 grab a hold of that concept first. That that's that's one on one. That's the first thing we've got to do. And uh, and as men, we have to know that there is truth, and that truth is is. The word of God. It is Jesus Christ. John chapter eight, uh, the book of John chapter eight, verse 32 says, know the truth and the truth will set you free. And we we have got to grasp a hold of this. We have to see that this is this is the, the true word of God. This is what we uh, what we can guide our 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 foundation on what we can um, guide our families with. We have to grasp this before we can we can grab a hold of anything else. So as we start getting into, um, you know, what makes up your worldviews, you know, something that we we should do is we should kind of take an evaluation 
um, evaluation of ourselves of, you know, what, what has happened to us um, because our life experiences, the people that we are around, the, um, the things that we allow in our lives, all this stuff makes up our worldview. And, uh, you, you know, you, do you have, you, you know, an opposing worldview to what the word of God says, there has been something in your life that you have allowed in there that has allowed you, that has fluctuated your thinking from what is the true word of God versus what is um, what you believe that contradicts the word of God. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be something large. Like don't think of like this big, like life altering thought it could just be the simple because i mean the thoughts of the enemy and the attacks of the enemy come in like small quick thoughts so whatever it is is they just made you question one small thing and that changed your whole whole perspective of from going from the christian worldview all the way over to any of these other worldviews that we were talking about and hit on later that's right you know and and like you said the the, the small things um you know because most of the time you know it, even with us as christians you know, when, when we adapt these opposing worldviews, we don't even realize we do it. We don't even realize that they're there. They're just, you know, we start to um, we start to think and we start to process things a little bit different. You know, for example, you have you have families in the in the churches that have um, maybe they have a um, a son or daughter that um, that is a homosexual and. Um, Maybe they hear a pastor speak on they take um, scripture out of context and they try to, to justify why homosexuality is OK, even though the scripture says otherwise. Then you're like, well, you know, you want your child to go to heaven, you know, and you've you've tried to to give the word of God to them. You know, you've tried to, to tell them that the, the ways that they're wrong. And then all of a sudden this pastor, this person who's supposed to know says says this you're like well you know maybe maybe he's right maybe my kid's okay maybe maybe that's maybe it's not as bad as what i was thinking it was and then you see your worldview begin to adapt um to a secular worldview to one that is that is 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 not truth but it makes you feel better and the same goes with with everything else you know it could be about you you know the the tv that we watch or uh the music we listen to or you know and maybe maybe you just come across a podcast and you heard it and you know and then you're like hmm that's that's not that's not too bad that's you know that's actually that that kind of makes sense and even though it can't contradicts the word of god because as we know the word of god is truth as it contradicts it you're like but but man that makes that makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense and without digging without studying you just adapt it and that's how worldviews begin to change and that's as many where we've gotten lazy is we've we kind of let everybody else do the work we find that one pastor that we like to hear and oh that's the that's a good word he preached a good word on sunday and he had really good things to back up everything that he was talking about he even used verses he used, right. He's found it in scripture and he pulled one verse from here, one verse from there. And, you know, that's awesome. But even the devil knows the Bible, they said. He knows exactly what has happened and he knows exactly um, how to use the Bible against us. He can use, he can take one scripture from here, plug it out of context, put it over here. And then suddenly those worldviews make sense. 
That's right. You know, and we just we just adapt them sometimes and sometimes not even consciously. Sometimes we're just like, hmm, that makes sense. And then the more we, we dwell on it, the more we think about it, you know, we not even we may not even be like, hey, I agree with this or I, you know, just subconsciously you're like, hmm. So the next time you're in discussion, it that same topic pops up and you're like, oh, but I heard this this one time and it kind of makes sense. And then you have somebody that validates it and because they didn't study either. And, you know, then you're like, oh, yeah, oh, well, this just, you know, it just falls right in with everything else without without ever really knowing or studying for ourselves of what is true uh, and what does the word of God say? You know, and and as as leaders of the church, you know, we have, you, you know, like Kylo, like you said, I mean, we've gotten lazy. We have we have completely, you know, uh, uh, how many times are, are we go by days without ever getting in a word of God? You know, something comes up, something do it. Do we consult the word of God? Do we spend time in prayer? Do we, you know. The average person, the average Christian does not, which is the reason why these worldviews have been able to be adapted um, into into place, because it's not like they adapt the entire worldview, you know, Um, and I've used I've used this example before. I probably used it a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, like I had uh, this young lady um, that that decided she was going to give a. Uh, she was going to post something on Facebook, and uh, she posted this this quote by Karl Marx, and the quote in and of itself was not it. You wouldn't it had nothing to do with socialism, had nothing to do with uh, communism, had nothing to do with anti religion. Nothing. the 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 quote itself was was okay, you know. But I'm like, does this girl even know who Karl Marx is? Does she even know what is what is happening? Does she, does she understand what she is saying and why it, you know why this is such a big deal? That does she know? And I would guarantee you that she had no idea what she would, because I know this this girl and I know I know her heart, I know her family, I know that I know the way she was raised, and therefore I know that that she doesn't believe the way he does. And she was misguided. She just found this quote. She's like, oh, this is so good, you know, and I'm going to post it on Facebook. And it's like, hey, you're you're representing something awful. And she adapts, you know, so she thinks this quote's good. I mean, why wouldn't something else of his be super good? Uh, and it just it just bleeds in. And so um, and so we're going to take a break real quick. And when we come back, we're going to talk about five questions that that help guide us or help make up our worldview. We'll be right back. This portion of Real Men Talk is brought to you by The Jewelers Bench. They are a full-service jewelry store offering many styles of gold, silver, diamonds, and gemstones. And all jewelry repair is done in-house so you can get your treasured pieces back as soon as possible. They are also a licensed Citizen Watch dealer. Make sure to visit them today at 1353 North Westwood or call 573 Six eight six one five two two. Call or stop in and thank them for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at six thirty p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis, and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. 
We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschelbest Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. This portion of The Real Men Talk is brought to you by RL Persons Construction. For over 29 years, they have been a regional leader completing projects that include private, municipal, state, and federal agencies of all types. From mass grading, utilities, concrete of all types, to buildings both conventional and pre-engineered steel. You can expect excellence in all aspects of their finished work. Contact them today at 573 686-1323 and let them know you appreciate them bringing you Real Men Talk. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the show with Anthony and Kyler. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Uh, here with uh, Kyler Sal. Hey, guys. So, so we're going to talk about these five questions that make up our worldview. So I'm reading this book called uh, The Secret Battle of Ideas About God, and it's written by a guy by the name of Jeff, uh, Dr. Jeff Myers. Um, check it out if you if you get a chance. It's a pretty good read. So he says that the it, it, talking about the opposing worldviews that that have infiltrated the church and and all the good stuff and. Uh, the five questions that, that he asks is this. He says, am I loved? If I was to disappear, would anyone miss me? Why do I hurt? Bad things have happened to me. Can I overcome them and find joy? Does my life have meaning? Is it possible for me to find direction in life? Why can't, all, why can't we all just get along? What what will it take for us to stop fighting and find harmony? And then last, is there any hope for the world? So many things are going wrong. Are we doomed? And so he talks about these five five questions and these these uh, opposing views that uh, have infiltrated the church and um, what they what it is to us and and so the, these these five major worldviews I, I kind of want to go over to and then we'll just kind of discuss them and and kind of uh, hit hit on each one of them with these questions uh, when you sent me over these questions to look at uh, one of the things I noticed was I've if you were to sit here and you'd ask me these questions I don't know if I'd have an answer for you especially as men I mean, how many of us have sat down and thought, am I loved? Right. I, I haven't. Or why do I hurt? What what has happened to me to make me hurt? Do I hurt? Because as men, we, we don't hurt. We're big. We're strong. And then does my life have meaning? I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a deep thought that you have to yeah. actually sit down. And you have to ponder. Like, what have I done in my life that has meaning? And is that meaning something that I would consider meaningful or I mean, since we're talking about worldviews, would the world consider it meaningful? Right. And then why can't we all just get along? I mean, as men, are we going to sit here and think, okay, why can't we just get along? 
I mean, there are sometimes, you know, when my children are fighting, I'm like, come on, guys, why can't you get along <laughs> and play? Yes, they are one year old and nine month old, but they still they're still going to fight. And then is there any hope for the world? Nowadays, we are sitting here thinking what I'm in the world. Is there any hope? Probably not. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to check my boxes off and I'm going to keep going the way that it is. So when I look at those Jeff Myers questions. I'm like, you know what? Those are fantastic questions, especially if it's going to shape and help us know what our worldview is, um, because those those are all our past experiences from the teaching perspective um, and even looking at other men. When you come back in, am I loved? What happened when you were a kid? Did you feel that love? How do you receive love? Um and then why do I hurt? What bad thing happened to you as a kid? I mean, everything, small, big, did you stomp your toe one day and that was something bad that you, you kept? So, I mean, looking at those questions, I, I think to myself, how would I even answer those questions? And I think as men, we need to stop. We need to, we need to start at the foundation and answer those five questions. Are you loved? Why am I hurt? Does my life have meaning? Why can't we all just get along? And is there any hope for the world? We have to start thinking on a deeper level to actually understand. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, when you look at those questions, I, I don't know that I've ever just come out and pondered, why can't we all just get along? Or <laughs> is there any hope for the world? You know what I mean? But right. at the same time, I look at these questions and I'm like, I've, in a way, I've asked myself these questions. You yeah. know, I, I maybe not in the form of these questions, you know, because, you, you know, like, am I loved? You know, we, we don't we don't ask am i loved you you know what i mean but at the same time i've i've wondered that you know what i mean i i've i've wondered you know and it may not be big and tough to to talk about but i i mean we have we've wondered i've i've wondered does you know does my life have meaning now I, again it may not be worded that way right. um you know or anything like that but but the thoughts in my head that are are communicable to that question and you know does does my life have meaning and you're absolutely right we need we need to as leaders because if we can't answer these questions if we don't know the solution to you know is there any hope for the world if we can't answer that question we're in trouble because we have as christian men we have the hope his name is jesus christ exactly You, you know and if we can't grasp a hold of that we're we're in trouble. We we are in trouble. Um, you know. So, am I loved? You, you know, when when you begin to look at the statistics of like suicide and depression and um, you know, anxiety and all these different things, everybody is asking this question. Everybody, everybody's screaming this question: Am I loved? You know, there's so much pain. In the world, and I know we're not on on the the why do I hurt yet, but when when there is so much pain and there is so much loss and there's so much grief and you don't know what to do with it and you're sitting around and you're wondering, people people want to know, am I loved? As children, you know, they want to know, am I loved? And as children, that's where your worldview begins. Our children that that are growing up, you know, you you I, and see, I see both sides of it. So my wife and I, we we adopted a little boy, and when we adopted him, he was six years old, and uh, or when he come live with us, he was six. 
um, he went into the foster care system at four. And at four years old, he was completely neglected. Uh, at four years old, he couldn't walk. He couldn't talk. He couldn't, he couldn't feed himself. He couldn't nothing. It, it was, it was, it's heart. It's a heart wrenching story. Um, and so, you know, we, we adopted him and I see, I see the effects of a, of a life that was not shown love at a very early age that was not shown any kind of attention, any kind of love, any kind. And I see the way that it has affected him versus, you you know, now we have a two year old, um, you, you know, and the, his, his outlook on life in general at two years old versus, versus, you know, which the boy we adopted, he, you know, he's, he, just turned 14 years old, you know, versus his outlook on life now. And, you know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't come out and ask me, am I loved? But he does things that ask that question. You know, he, he asks questions that, that ask that, that ask that same question. You know what I mean? And, um, that are, that come to, come to that question. And so we, people are screaming, screaming this, and the truth is, you are absolutely loved. And let me tell you who you're loved by. His name is Jesus, and he mm-hmm. died for you. And nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. And as men, we, we have to grasp a hold of this because we have to be able to convey this to our children, to the people who are hurting. You are loved. You're loved so much that the creator of the universe came down in flesh and blood and died the worst death to date that you could possibly die so you could spend eternity in heaven. Exactly. His love was, it was literally forged into his hands, forged into his feet, forged into the crown of thorns that he wore on his head. The, the, when you think of love as pain, I mean, he literally loved us so much that he went through the most excruciating death at that time and probably even to this day. I mean, I don't know of anybody who would willingly say, yes, I'm going to die on a cross where I'm just going to sit there. I'm going to be stabbed in the side. I'm going to have this crown of thorns pushed um, into my head as far as it can go until it is deep inside my skin. And then I'm going to let them just drive nail after or hit after hit a nail into my hand. I mean, he loved so deeply that he went through all of that for us. And, and we sit here and we think, am I loved? Yeah, you're loved. You're exactly right, Anthony. We are loved in such a deep and compassionate and um, fully embodiment way that our Savior came that we didn't have to go through any of that. That's right. That's right. You know, and the next question is, you know, why do I hurt? You know, and I, and I think that, that these two questions almost go hand in hand. Yep. Um, when you ask, you know, why do I hurt? A lot of times the lack of love is associated, not always, um, but a lot of times the lack of love is that, you know, why, why did I have to go through, you know, my parents being divorced whenever I was young, or why did I have to go through um, something awful that, you you know, maybe, maybe you were molested when you were little, maybe you were, you, you know, there, there are so many, there, there are so many things out there, you know, why, why does that have to happen to me? Um, and the, the, what, a, why am I love kind of falls into that. Um, when you, when you experience real pain, um, 
from another individual, somebody maybe you trusted, somebody maybe, you know, you you may feel like your entire foundation has fell out from underneath you. And um, and it's it's a hard question to ask, you know, and and it's easy to sit here and say, you know, here we are. We're on, on this podcast. It's easy to say, you know, well, you know, Jesus loves you and all that stuff. But when you're in the middle of it, Jeff Myers talks about in this uh, in this book about, you know, his divorce that he went through and how excruciating it was and how he felt so alone and so heartbroken. And so, you know, and, and we're talking about a grown man, you know, and and so beat down and life has a way of doing that. It just ha- it has a way of just smashing you, you know, kicking you when you're down. And uh, we find ourselves in this place, you know, can I ever find joy again? Can I? And again, and I, I don't mean, you know, and when you look at the opposing worldviews, they they have a tendency to tell you that, you know, either either your pain is your own fault or your pain, you know, it, it's meaningless because this life is meaningless or, you, you know, there's there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, find your answers in sex, find your, you know, you find your answers in. And, you know, this, you know, this, you're a spiritual being, you know, and, and we are, but, you know, outside of God. But the truth is, is that we do hurt because of sin, mm-hmm. but there is somebody who is a healer that heals all wounds that, he, and we're talking, we're talking physically and emotionally. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And we have to be able to understand that, you know, you are going to hurt life. Sometimes life sucks. That's just all there is to it. Sometimes, you know, life itself, it sucks. Sometimes it's, it's our own fault. Maybe we've, we've done something that has put us in a bad situation that allowed us to be hurt. Sometimes, um, the other people, uh, you, you know, I had a friend of mine growing up that his, his dad was killed by a drunk driver. That was, you know, it, it's, it, it's painful. I mean, the, bad things happen and sometimes we have control of them. Sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes it's not, but regardless, Jesus loves you and he can heal those emotional and physical wounds. Yeah. And the best thing about God is you don't even have to tell him. You don't have to go through your whole list of all the bad things that happened in your life, all the wounds. You don't have to give him the list. He knows. He's already seen you there. He's met you there. He was with you there. Whether you felt like he was there or not, he was side by side with you, helping you go directly through whatever that season of your life was. And you're correct. They do go hand in hand. And my loved, why do I hurt? Oftentimes we hurt because we didn't feel loved. Right. And if we, and as men, that, that shapes our worldview because even as men, we need to be loved. We need to feel that love. That's why even in the very beginning of the Bible, I feel that God put Adam and Eve right at the beginning to show that even man needs to make have a companion, needs to even have love from the very beginning. He showed us that when he created Eve, gave somebody, it is not good for man to be alone. And he yep. started it right then and there that, yes, you need love to help out with that firm foundation, to give you a healthy worldview, to know. I mean, he gave us other things, too. I mean, he gave us the Bible to live by. He gave us uh, different parables in the Bible, different scenarios everything that we need to but those two do go hand in hand why do i hurt am i loved yeah and a lot of times the things that we do to try to overcome our hurt shape our worldview Mm -hmm. you know we we try to find we try to find ease or joy in in everything that will come our way 
um, you, you know, whether it be um, physical, spiritual, whatever, whatever it is that will meet that need um, that we think will meet that need, we'll grasp a hold of, whether it's sex, drugs, alcohol, um, Gambling. you know, it, it, yeah, anything, anything that, that we think that will ease that, that pain we, we will run to. And the problem with opposing worldviews, none of them offer the healing and the joy that that Jesus does. None of them. Um, and then, you know, does my life have meaning? This this question is a is is a mouthful. Um, is it possible to find direction in life? You know, and when we when we stop and, and we. St- sit here and watch how everything is just buzzing by so fast constantly just the world's consistently changing you know you you know you take little things like um buying a phone you know you can go out and buy the 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 best phone today and it'll be out of date tomorrow and you you know you can buy the the best computer today and it'll be out tomorrow um you know and so you, you see everything going by and we're such a microwave society where we want everything done and we want everything done now and, and stuff. And you can just get lost in, in the motions. And we find ourselves, you, you know, does, does the, all of this, does all of this have meaning or am I just existing? Yeah. And even when I look at that question, does my life have meaning? Absolutely. And how do I know that? Because the God who is the author of everything said and done would not have put you on this earth for no meaning. I feel like that minimalizes what our God can do. Our God is the God of the big picture, not just of your picture. He's the God of the big, big picture. And if he did not, if your life did not have a meaning, if your not life did not have an ultimate purpose, then he, he wouldn't have put you here. He has put every single person on this earth for a purpose. And, and in, in due time in season, we will see what our purpose is. And we may not get to see that purpose until we're on the other side. And he tells exactly what the purpose was. Right. But every interaction that we have is purposeful. Every time that we walk out that door and we talk to the next person, it is purposeful. It is for a reason. He has put us here for that time in that place. That's right. You know, and and it's so easy to to you know, like I said before, and to to get lost in all of it. And you know, you know, we are all. You know, the Bible says that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, it, he knitted us together in our mother's womb, and you know, you. People wonder why, you know, the enemy pushes for abortion and pushes for, you know, every every person that it can it can destroy is a person that it doesn't have to worry about. Um, and God loves all of us and he has purpose for you. You know, he, just like you said, Kyler, you know, every time every time we walk up those doors, when we're in these doors, our our families, you know, and you see so much depression because people feel like they have no meaning. They they feel like life is hopeless. And um, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be that way. We are we are fe- fearfully and wonderfully made. We are made for a reason. We have purpose for our lives. We have we have direction, and we may not always, like you said, Kyler, may not always know exactly what that is. But you just take the next step. He'll guide it. Take the next step in faith, and he'll guide it every time. The fourth question was: Can we all just get along? I think today. That is a, a a big question. You look at all the you you know the times in which we live. Um, there's constantly turmoil. You know everybody's fighting. You look at all these you know 
domestic terrorist groups and and you look at, at so much our own governments trying to drive so much division into into our lives and and you know race uh, uh, color you know the Dividing us by our skin color, by our religious beliefs, by our, um, you know, our um, social interactions. You know, I mean, everything. They're trying to drive a wedge between people consistently, you know, and and trying to find harmony is it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Exactly. And the simple answer to that question is, as long as man has separated themselves from God, the answer is no. No, as long as you accept every single other worldview besides God's worldview, the Christian worldview, no. Because even from the beginning, since the fall, that brought sin into the world. And that sin opened up the eyes of Adam and Eve. It opened up our eyes to whatever else we decided that we thought was a worldview that was plausible, that was possible for us to believe. And it got us thinking, not necessarily for ourselves, but it got us thinking, okay, if I can do this, then I can do this. If this happens, then I can do this thing. And so then we start questioning even from the simplest thing to the biggest of things. And no, as long as we are, we decide to live a life separate from God, there will always be conflict. We will never just get along. That's right. You know, and if, and if you're looking for harmony, if you're looking for peace, your only answer, the only answer is Jesus. You know, it, the Bible talks about giving us joy and, uh, um, Oh, how does it go? And I'm paraphrasing, but joy and, and unspeakable and uh, the peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, the, they're, they're, Christianity is the only thing that offers that. There is there is nothing else. You know, you look at something like Islam, which is one of our opposing worldviews. Everything is done for Allah. You know, whether you suffer or not, it doesn't matter. You know, everything is is for him. You you don't deserve peace. You don't deserve, you know, and Jesus is over here going, hey, I, I want to give you peace. I want to give you, you know, joy. And and it's such a such a huge thing. And and people are screaming for peace and harmony and and joy. And they have they don't know where to find it. And as leaders, as Christian leaders, as men, again, we we have the answer. His his name is Jesus. Right. And uh, and so, you know, we, we have got to offer that, you know. And so you look at the last question. Is there any hope for the world? You know, and I really kind of they both go hand in hand. You know, are we doomed without Jesus? Yes. Yeah. You know, this this physical world will come to an end. Our, our only answer is Jesus, you know, heaven. And luckily, those who hold that Christian worldview, they they see the end. They know there is there is hope. They know that there is going to come a day when God's going to come back and he's going to restore the earth back to that, that peace that everybody wants. He's going to restore it to the original world that he wanted to create where he can walk, he can talk, he can be with his creation in a world That's exactly that is right. filled with peace. Yes, and that's the reason why we can have peace now, even even in the midst of all the the bullcrap that's going on, all the you know all the political bullcrap that's going on, you know. And I'm not going to get into it. You know, the FBI just raided you know uh, President Trump's house and you know personal house. I mean, you know, and when you uh, and and I'm not going to get into all that, but you, things are crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my point. Things things are crazy. And if you want peace, your only option, your only option is Jesus Christ. Right. And 
I mean, the devil is the author of confusion. That's why I have so many different worldviews. Is okay. I can confuse these people right here. Okay, now if I take this little piece and I can bring it over here, I can confuse these people here. And it says that all of all of the different worldviews are just fragments of Christian teachings that are all similar. They just recognize and latch on different ideas, and without realizing it, they're just distorting biblical truths. And that's what he's doing. He's he's the author of confusion. He's going to take those biblical truths that I mean, even the person who is the firmest in their Bible, he can take and he can be like, okay, I'm going to take this one little word right here. I'm going to pluck that out. He's just going to distort it and confuse it. And that's that's why we have all these different worldviews in the first place is he's just, I mean, if I can confuse this group over here, confuse this group over here, divide and conquer. That's right. Absolutely. That's really, that's really why you have so many daggum denominations in the, even in the Christian faith and, right. and you, you know, and all that stuff. So maybe, maybe you've got questions about about what you know but maybe maybe you're struggling with these five questions even today maybe you uh, have been struggling you didn't realize that that you were struggling maybe you didn't realize that your worldview um was skewed maybe maybe you don't know jesus find us you know you can email us at uh, realmen at palace you can find us on facebook twitter instagram um, you can send us a voicemail on Anchor FM. I would love, I would love to to contact you. I would love to, you know, if you if you're struggling, let's let's talk about it. Let's, you know, uh, let's find you help. I want to I want to end in a prayer. Holy Spirit, teach us to be leaders of our homes, of our communities, and of our church, and teach us to be godly, courageous men. In Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmen at palaceofpraise.com or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today. And by the Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk.
If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.